Matthew chapter 14, are you there? Look at verse number 22 and go with me here. Immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately, the scripture says, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side. We talked about going to the other side last week. Remember this, if Jesus says we're going to the other side, then guess what? We're going to go to the other side. Here Jesus is telling them, you get in the boat without me, and I want you to go to the other side. And then Jesus dismissed the crowd. Let me read on, verse 23. After he had dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, Jesus was there alone. But the boat, by this time, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and they said, It must be a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, somebody say, immediately. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Cheer up. Take heart. Be encouraged. I am here. No need to be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to Peter, come on. <laughs> so Peter got out of the boat. Listen to this today, church. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And he came to Jesus. He walked to where Jesus was. But when he saw the wind, he got afraid again. And he began to sink into the water. And so he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately, come on somebody, one more time, say immediately. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of Peter and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you still doubt? When they got into the boat, guess what happened? The Bible tells us the wind immediately stopped. The storm subsided. And those in the boat worshipped God and said, Truly, you must be the Son of God. Father, speak to us today how thankful we are for your word. And we need a word today. We need a word, God, in the middle of a stormy season that we find ourselves in. We are running to you looking to you, crying out to you. We do this by going to your word. And God, I know that you have an assignment on this word today. I pray, Lord, that every heart would be completely open and our ears would be attuned to your voice today. Speak and let us hear it. Speak, let us apply it. Speak, and let us obey it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing a series that I've called Storms. I'm so thankful for the promises of God. Come on and hold up your Bible just for a minute. 
There we go. I see a, a phone lit up there. I see another phone. I got some tablets in the room, some phones in the room. Oh, how many have the old leather-bound edition? There we go. I like it. I like it. I like it. You know, this is full of promises. The promises in this book for us today. I want you to stand on the promises of God. Quote the Word of God. Remember the promises of God and apply the promises of God to our situation. Do you know that Jesus promised that he would never leave us? Do you know that Jesus promised he would never forsake us? Jesus promised, I will be with you always. Oh, that's so good. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So if you're in a storm, guess what? Jesus is in the storm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will always be with you. I'm so thankful that we're not alone. Brenda, we're not alone. You're not alone. Jesus is with you. You're not forsaken. Jesus is with you. Let me take a quick survey. Uh, Elliot just testified a moment ago. He and Tanner and Sawyer all were diagnosed positive with this coronavirus. And they had to shelter at home and quarantine for two weeks. But here they are testing negative. How many else in the room? You'd say, yes, that's my, that's my testimony as well. I tested positive. I thought so. We've got several in the room. They've tested positive, but they came through it. It did not take them out. Sister Addie, here you are on the front row, giving God all the praise and all the glory. It didn't take you out. Maybe the enemy meant for it to take you out, but God, somebody say, but God, but God had another plan for you, and God said, I think I'll heal you. I think I'll raise you up. I think I'll use you a little bit longer. Hallelujah. This morning, I want you to see something. We're looking at different storms. We saw the storm that Jonah found himself in. We, we talked about the storm in, in, in Mark's gospel where Jesus was in the boat, but he was asleep down in the stern. The only thing that woke him up, it wasn't the wind and the waves. It was the cry of the ones that he cared about. We're looking at different storms in the scripture. Today, I want you to know this. There are opportunities in the storm. Come on, take some notes today. Even if you weren't planning on it, I want you to do it now, right there in your home. Come on, take some notes and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Spirit, lead me, we prayed just a moment ago. That song was a prayer. Spirit, lead me. Lead me to do things I've never done. Lead me to dare to see things and, and attempt things that maybe I've never attempted. Opportunities in the storm. Nobody likes to go through a storm. Storms aren't pleasant, but maybe necessary. I don't know anybody that's liking this stormy season of our life. But I do believe that with every storm that comes our way, there are awesome opportunities if we will just allow the Spirit to open our eyes to see it. 
What are the opportunities that we might find in this particular storm? Starting here. The, the disciples saw Jesus in the storm. I want, I want to encourage you, look for Jesus in the storm. Look for Jesus in the storm. He's there. Look at verse number 26 of our text. The disciples saw Jesus walking on the water. Now, it's important, church, that we have spiritual sensitivity. It's important that we have discernment. They didn't even realize it was Jesus. They thought maybe this is a ghost. But Jesus was there. You know, I think sometimes the wind is so loud, the waves are so high, the water is so fierce that all we see in a stormy season is the storm. Storms have a tendency to distort our spiritual vision. They have a, a tendency to cloud our spiritual hearing. But I want you to look hard today, church. I want you to see with spirit eyes. I want us to hear with spirit ears. There's Jesus. He's there. He's there and he's aware. He's there because he's aware. Just because he wasn't in their boat does not mean that he was not aware of their dilemma. Jesus was there in their dilemma. Fully aware. Last week we saw that the disciples mistakenly assumed that because Jesus was asleep that maybe he wasn't aware of the storm or perhaps that he didn't care. In fact, that's exactly what they said to Jesus. Don't you care? Don't you care that, we're, might, that we might perish? Don't you care that we're taking on water? Don't you care that the boat is falling apart? Don't you care that my marriage is in trouble right now? Don't you care that my son and my daughter is strung out on drugs? Don't you care that I lost my job? But Jesus, he did care. And he was fully aware of their situation. The Bible tells us that Jesus stayed behind. He gave instructions for the disciples to get into the boat and to go on to the other side. Remember, we talked about this last week. The Sea of Galilee was known for storms to arise suddenly, quickly, and they could be very fierce. So no one knew when a storm was going to come. Jesus stayed behind to pray. The Bible tells us he went to the mountainside. He was alone. There he was praying. Evening, evening came and he was still praying. Tells us that the boat was far from the shore. And the storm arose. Jesus could see that there's a storm out on the sea. So he's aware of what's going on. He could clearly see that the disciples were in trouble. So what did Jesus do? Well, because he cared, because he was aware, he came to where they were. Jesus came to the disciples in the time of their trouble. He came to them where they were. He didn't need a boat. He didn't need a crew. Jesus just came walking on the water in the middle of a raging storm. The Bible tells us it was in the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Here's Jesus. 
walking on the water, fully aware of the storm coming to them in their time of trouble. Even though we find ourselves in the storm of our lifetime, if we will look with spirit eyes today, church, we'll see Jesus. He's fully aware of our dilemma today. And he cares for us just as he did the disciples. And I'm glad that Jesus comes to us in the time of our trouble. Call to me, Jesus says, and I will answer you. Call to me and I will come to you. Call to me. He comes to us in our, in our time of trouble. God, help us today to see Jesus in the storm. God, give us spirit vision today. Touch our eyes spiritually. You've got to look for him, church. Look for Jesus in the storm. And then listen. Listen for his voice. Listen to his voice. But immediately, verse number 27, Jesus spoke. Not only is Jesus coming to us in the time of our trouble, he has something to say. How many want to hear what Jesus has to say to you? Jesus immediately spoke to them. What did Jesus say to his disciples then that might help us today? He spoke a few things. He spoke words of cheer. Words of encouragement. Verse number, verse number 27, he immediately spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. Take courage. Take cheer. Take heart. Maybe your, your Bible says, your version reads, take heart, be of good cheer, be encouraged, don't be dismayed. Don't let the storm distort your ability to see and to hear. Jesus always speaks words of encouragement and today I believe he's speaking hope to somebody. Listen carefully. Jesus is coming to us in our stormy season, as he, as he always has and as he always will. And Jesus has something to say to us today, church. He's speaking encouragement to you today. How many need to be encouraged by the Lord? Has discouragement just come in and weighed down your heart? Be of good cheer. Take heart. Be filled with hope today. The storm has not come to take you out. The storm has come to make you stronger. The storm has come to get you where God wants you to be. Again, Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go to the other side. He spoke words of cheer. He spoke words of peace. Don't be afraid. There in our text, don't be afraid. You know, there's, there's two global pandemics going on simultaneously, I think. There's the one that has to do with coronavirus, COVID-19. It's a real flu. It's a real disease. And it does serious damage. 
But the other global pandemic that is side by side with it, it's a global pandemic of fear. I've never seen anything like it in all my life. It's one thing for people to be afraid that have no relationship with Christ. In fact, I think it would be expected. Of course, people are going to be afraid. They have nowhere to go. They have no one to turn to. But we are the sons of God, Mark. You are the daughters of God, ladies. We're his children. And sadly, this fear has come into the house. And it has impacted God's children. You know, there are some fears that are rational, as I said to you last week. A storm has the ability to absolutely destroy the boat. The storm has the potential to kill. There are irrational fears. Jesus, don't you care? He always cares and he always will care. But fear, once it comes, must be dealt with. The disciples here in another storm, they are afraid. What do we do when the fear comes? We must continually cast that fear on the Lord. Remember this, church. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. What did God give you instead? 2 Timothy, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us love, power, and a sound mind. Let Jesus speak peace to your fearful heart today. Peace be still. Don't be afraid. Be of good cheer. Take heart. Be encouraged. Don't be afraid. What did Jesus speak? He spoke words of cheer. He spoke words of peace. He spoke words of instruction. Peter rises up. You know, he's the impulsive one. He's the one that'll take the sword and cut off the ear. Just, he's just impulsive. Peter, he says, Lord, if it's really you, then tell me to come out of the boat and walk on the water toward you. And Jesus said, come on. Come on. Jesus gave instruction to Peter in the middle of the storm. He instructed him to do something that he had never done before. I wonder, what is Jesus trying to get us to do that we have never done before? In the middle of the storm. You know, Elliot said something a moment ago, don't wait for an opportune time, a more opportune time to start giving. Give now. Give now and don't ever stop it. In fact, you ought to just prove to the enemy that he's going to have to do more than that to take out your giving. Up your giving. Up your giving when it gets tough. And just watch what God does. What is Jesus trying to say? 
and encourage you to do that you've never done before. I'm talking to you about opportunities in the storm. Nobody had ever heard of anybody walking on water, be it Jesus, but certainly not, not a disciple of Jesus. Some preachers might lean in a little bit more to the fact that Peter got afraid again when, the, when he saw the storm, when he saw the wind, listened to the wind, he saw the waves and the waters beating down on him, and he got afraid again and he started to sink. But he did something that he, he had never done and no other human had ever done. See, Jesus is speaking, church. If we will listen, we'll hear the voice of Jesus. We'll hear him speak words of comfort to us, just as he did. Be of good cheer. Take heart. I'm here. Words of cheer, words of peace. You don't have to be afraid. In fact, I'm going to encourage you and instruct you to do something you've never done before. Words of instruction. What else did Jesus say? Just a few words here, but so much has been said. He said so much in just a few words. What else did he say? Well, are you still full of doubt? You have little faith. He actually, when he, when he highlighted the fact that they didn't have faith, he was speaking words of faith. Jesus spoke words of faith to the disciples. Immediately, verse number 31, Jesus stretched out his hand. Peter starts to sink. Peter's afraid again. He, he removed the fear. This is how powerful the enemy is. Jesus removed the fear, and immediately the fear came back. And the fear had to be evicted again. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm still here. I'm here in the middle of your storm. Fear steals away our faith. That's why the fear can't stay, church. The fear can't stay. We have no control over when it comes, but we can control if it stays. Jesus invites us to cast all of our care. I think included in the care is fear. Cast your fear on the Lord. And if you have to do it every day, then you do it every day. If you have to do it multiple times a day, maybe it's a back-to-back situation just like it was with Peter. Don't be afraid. Peter says, all right, I feel a little bit of faith rising up in me. I think I, if it's really you, tell me to get out of this boat. Jesus said, come on, get out of this boat. And Peter's feeling it right now. So he, he climbs out of the boat and he actually starts to walk on the water and the fear came back. What did Jesus do? Immediately, (laughs) he reached out his hand, he rescued Peter again, and he spoke words of faith. Do you still have so little faith? Haven't I seen you through before? Didn't we just weather 
a storm on this very sea. I was in the boat that time. You saw what I did. But that's how powerful the enemy is. That's how powerful a storm can be. But I'm here to encourage you today that Jesus' presence and Jesus' voice is greater than the voice of the storm. Greater than the voice of the enemy. Listen. Listen. God, give us ears today to hear. You are speaking in the middle of this storm. He's trying to guide our steps and our, our actions. I found myself in line at Albertsons. This was early on in this pandemic. I would talked to the manager of the store and told him I've got a handful of seniors that aren't supposed to get out. They really can't get out and they need bread. They need milk and eggs. They need toilet paper. My God, talk about a pandemic. That's no laughing matter if you can't find it after a few weeks. So we are getting toilet paper and eggs and milk and what, what have you, taking it to our seniors. And Derek, one of the managers over at Albertson's, he said, Steve, I'm going to let you come early. So he's a believer, a Christian, Christian man there at Albertson's. He said, I'm going to let you come early. So I'm in line. There's some other people in line just waiting for the store to open. Because if there's any Clorox wipes, you better get them right then because they're going to be gone. If there's any toilet paper or, or, or paper towels... You better get them right now because they'll be gone. And I'm, I think I was on the phone. I was on the phone coordinating. I might have been on the phone with, with my mother-in-law. She went with me sometimes too. And I don't know, we were talking and I got off the phone and somebody just six feet from me, you know, she had overheard some of my conversation. She said, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. And she started to cry, Sister Addie, and she said, oh, would you pray for me? Would you pray for my family? She was so gripped with fear. I would have never been up at Albertsons at 5 o'clock in the morning. Trust me, I would never be at Albertsons at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'd have been asleep on my pillow. But a storm arose. And there was opportunities. Church, there's opportunities in the storm. We have to see Jesus walking out on the water. And you better know it's Him. You got to listen because Jesus is still speaking. Let me close this message today. Finally, what do we do when the storm comes? We live by faith. He said, oh, you of little faith, are you still doubting? 
he and Peter both get back in the boat and immediately I love I love I love that Matthew emphasizes this word three times he says it immediately 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 as soon as they got back in the boat immediately the wind and the waves stopped and the faith of the disciples and all those in the boat rose La Palma Christian Center, maybe guests that are here today, possibly guests that are viewing. Can I remind you, ours is a life of faith. This whole Christianity thing, <laughs> it's by faith. I've never seen Jesus. If I surveyed the crowd, somebody would raise their hand and say, I've, I've seen Jesus, I've had a vision of Jesus. And I don't doubt it. I'm just saying I never have. And I don't care if I ever do on earth because I'm going to see him every day for all eternity once I get to heaven. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. But I had to make a decision that I'm going to put my faith in an entity, in a, in a person, in a God that I've never seen. And that takes a lot of faith. But that is how we are saved. We are saved by faith. That's how we start this whole journey with Christ. We're saved by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Bring that up for me, please. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is not of your own doing. It is a wonderful, glorious, generous gift of God. It's not a result of your own work so that nobody can boast about it. How many are thankful that you have been saved and you have been saved by faith in Jesus Christ? That was only the starting point. Salvation starts us on the journey. But the day after we are saved, we have to get up and we have to face a real world. And then we walk it out. Not only are we saved by faith, we walk by faith. <laughs> and sometimes the journey is hard. But don't you dare give up just because the journey is hard. Don't you dare give up just because a storm arose on the sea and you didn't know that storm was coming. You started on this journey by faith. You were saved by faith on a Sunday. And now on Monday when the, when the going gets tough, you got to walk it out. Somebody say, I'm going to walk it out. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Isn't that what the scripture teaches us? We walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We don't go by what we see. We go by what we know in the spirit realm. We're saved by faith. We walk by faith. And God help me, I'm going to keep the faith. Come on somebody, uh, are you ready to keep the faith? That's what the, that's what the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. It's at the end of his race. He said, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Keep the faith. Live by faith. And watch God use you.
watch God give opportunities in the middle of a storm that you might never have. There are opportunities. You know, there are people waiting for you to open your mouth. <laughs> They're waiting for you to open your mouth and say something. People are desperate right now. They're, there's desperation. I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but there is desperation all around us. There's a global pandemic, coronavirus, COVID-19. There's racial tension like we have never known. I don't think so. It's just as, it's just a, uh, as much a boiling point today, I think, than it ever has been. Maybe it's worse than ever. People are desperate right now. There's political unrest. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. There's a little bit of political unrest. And here we are, full of hope and peace. And everything is just a setup for God to use us. Everything. Every day there could be opportunities for you. Opportunities in the storm. Ah. What are the opportunities? There's an opportunity for miracles. Miracles. How many still believe in miracles? Well, I don't have time to preach on why you should believe in miracles. But let me tell you, you should believe in miracles. Because I believe that He is still the God of miracles. And many times, God wants to work a miracle through us. We may be the vessel that a miracle happens. What are the miracles here that we read about? Well, Jesus walked on water. Nobody had ever seen Jesus walk on water. It was a miracle. But not only did Jesus walk on water, He enabled and empowered one of his followers to get out of a boat and walk on water. Even though it was brief, something supernatural happened and there was an opportunity for a miracle to happen. What's the other miracle here? Jesus quieted the storm. How many are ready for this storm to be quieted? My God. I pray every day, Lord, let this come to an end. Let this come to an end. But do you know God is doing something bigger? There's something grander that's going on and God's preparing this whole world for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And He's looking for people who will be ready once things do start lifting more. To be used in a miraculous way. I won't be able to lay hands on all of the sick people that come here. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need people who are ready and willing to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My God. How many are willing to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? If that's you, I want you to stand on your feet. This won't be for everybody. But if you're saying, Pastor, when this all gets cleared and lifted, and if God wants to use me in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including the gift of healing, I especially want to pray with those who feel like God might use you in the gift of healing. 
come on, just cup your hands up if you feel like that's, that's possibly a gift that God could use you in. Again, it won't be for everybody, and that's okay. But if you feel like God might use you to pray for somebody, my God, hallelujah, my hands are getting hot. My hands are getting warm right now. I can't wait till I can lay hands on sick people again. I know I'm going to abide by the guidelines, but there's coming a day. See, Jesus said we'd lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Opportunities for miracles. We're available. We stand and just say that we are available. Use us. Let your healing pour through us. Opportunities in the storm. There are opportunities for miracles. There are opportunities for growth. Some of y'all saying, Pastor, I already put my notes away. It's okay. <laughs> opportunities for growth. Faith increased. Doubt diminished. What an opportunity in the middle of the storm. And the final opportunity it's an opportunity for worship. Verse number 33 of our text says, everyone in the boat, everyone in the boat couldn't help but worship. They worshiped and they recognized the master of the storm. Oh, you're not just some teacher, are you? You're not just one of these rabbis that know the word. I think you're God. God of the storm. 